Here's a Lotus Scanner Anderson's podcast, and it's the 12th of August 2021. The time is 2040, and it is Tuesday. Today we are going to visit the book of dreams once again, and how we can benefit from interpreting our dreams in a way that is going to make us more likely to see something in our lives that we can improve on in order for us to have more of uh, qualities of life. So without further ado, let's just start reading and see what comes up when I make a brainstorm. So, what your dreams might say. People with the belief of self-erasure often dream of attending a banquet where others have plenty, but they can never be served. They arrive too late, or there is simply nothing available for them to eat. When stressed in a relationship, these people choose to help others and are dismissive of their own needs or plans. For this reason, they may also dream of being unable to find time to take a shower or a bath, or of being unable to find a private and clean to- toilet facility. These dreams reflect the sense that in their current life, there seems to be little room for them to express their own needs or to care for themselves. In romance, this person may attract someone very loving, but have difficulty expressing her needs if she is still operating from the childhood childhood injunction not to have any needs at all. Even when she is asked what she wants, she will have a tendency to quickly say that she doesn't care or that she is happy to do whatever the others want the other want. She may secretly have a plan for her day off, but when her partner makes a different suggestion, she will sweep her plan aside and announce that it doesn't matter. If she does request help with something, she will add a disclaimer to the request and try to cancel it if there is any sign of inconvenience or effort from the other party involved. Never mind if it is too much trouble, she will say. If she is in a loving relationship, she runs the risk of unconsciously teaching her partner to disregard her needs by repeatedly erasing herself as a real person. She wants more than anything to be understood and seen, to register as important and worthy of love in her own right. The pattern of self-erasure, applied as the way to find love, makes it extremely difficult for her to experience the recognition and affection she wants and deserves. The woman with this pattern runs the risk of attracting a partner who appreciates her low-maintenance qualities. She's a woman who seems to not require much attention or emotional strokes, and for this reason, especially in early life, she may attract partners who are takers rather than givers. People with this pattern, however, are often highly intelligent and keen observers of human nature. Although they may be unaware of their own tendency for self-erasure, They are good judges of character and are not masochistic. Often they create situations or settings in work or hobbies where their unique abilities gain them recognition and admiration. 
they shine so brightly that they begin to feel seen and to recognize that they are real and that others value them. If this recognition of self-worth happens while in a long-term relationship, they will renegotiate the unspoken contract with their partner, which can surprise the other partner, or sorry, the other party, if their early understanding was predicted upon an apparent lack of needs. If women with this pattern can gently and consistently teach their partner the rule of the new arrangement, they exist, have needs of their own, and will no longer simply erase themselves to erase tension. Then the relationship may blossom into something deeper and greater. If, however, they turn on their partner with a tsunami of resentment, then the relationship may disintegrate, disintegrate under the onslaught of anger, which likely dates back to childhood. Awareness prevents mistakes. If you are searching for a mate or trying to value the new love interest as a potential life partner, be conscious of potential false beliefs and how they may manifest themselves in your dreams and intuition. Although there are more false beliefs about the self and the nature of love than space permits us to discuss here, there are some of the most common that impair our ability to enjoy and appreciate ourselves, as well as to establish healthy and fulfilling partnerships. The good news about these false beliefs is that upon upon recognizing them, a kind of holistic change seems to occur. When you recognize a false belief, you have the power to change it, and changing it alters the way you feel, think, and behave. The standards the standard you hold, and the choices you make. Certainly, there can be a learning curve to adjust habits, but one of the reasons dreams, analysis, and intuitive work are so potent is that they can help us examine and update our beliefs. Also, there are advantages to concealing, sorry, to counseling and therapy, as well as classes on codependency and assertiveness, communication and relationship dynamics. Everything we learn makes us more aware, capable and effective. As we strive to educate ourselves, there is a powerful advantage in reflecting on the core belief we operate from as they tend to ripple outwards through our experience into so many, in so many new ways. So, can we use our dreams to benefit us? Can we be aware of things in our lives that perhaps we have not been aware of before? Also, if we have a partner, can we see that perhaps he or she needs something, some recognition in her life that could potentially open that person up to becoming closer with you and the relationship. So also being aware of false beliefs, recognizing false beliefs, it can also benefit us in a way that when we really truly want to get to know each other at a more deeper level, 
we actually can do so when we recognize the false beliefs that we have. So let's just move on. Change is the rule, not the exception. If you feel you have been operating from a false belief, or if challenges complicated your early life, do not think for an instance that you can't change those patterns and have a happy life. You absolutely can. Many of the happily married people I know had huge challenges in their backgrounds. Some even came from highly dysfunctional childhoods. They seem to take those early experiences and use them as tools to sculpt lives and relationships that were wholesome, successful and very loving. Macy, whose early life was a nightmare, told me, you can't stop those negative patterns in a single generation and move forward with loving and enlightened ways. She has been blissfully married to the same man for 35 years, and she has lovely children and delightful grandchildren. Although her early life did not teach her much about how to create the life she wanted, she was awake, conscious, and determined to learn. From what I see in the dream and in the life story of clients, we are meant to change in a positive way. Our awareness is one of the keys to recognizing what will work and what is right for us, where we feel alive and when love is true. Relationship patterns. There is a saying among women, same relationship, different guy. Another variation of this remark is same guy, different face. If you look at your past relationships, can you see a pattern? Some women fall for the same sort of personality or feel a strong attraction towards a particular appearance. Others deliberately try to get involved with a different type of person and are astonished when, despite their attempts to move away from their pattern, they accidentally repeat it in spite of themselves. This is disconcerting and frustrating. How can we change a pattern if, when we try to change it, we just repeat the same thing anyway? Turning love inside out. To have choices about relationship patterns, we need to do three things. Number one, be able to recognize them. Number two, see the cause and effect involved. Number three, be free to use a different point of reference as we make decisions. Your dreams and powerful intuition can move between the default settings of emotional patterns and your conscious everyday thoughts. This wise, deeper mind is like a messenger traveling back and forth inside you, bringing you pictures of how your emotions are working and of old decisions that you made about relationships and love. Robbie's story. Robbie is a successful executive. He is attractive, friendly, funny and nice. He has good investments, manages his money wisely and has a nice lifestyle. In short, Robbie is a peach. He was always looking for the right woman and never seemed to find her. Instead, Robbie has repeated the same pattern over and over again. He finds a woman who is relatively unavailable to him and forms an enduring attachment with her, often lasting for years. Finally, he wisely declares, this is going 
nowhere fast. He summons the courage to break it off, even though he is still in love. After a brief respite, dating women who are avail- available but feeling no spark for them, he will again find a ga- gal who is not available and enter into a powerful but remote affair that will hold him in a thrall for a few painful years. Robbie's dream, the separation. In Robbie's dreams, he was a small boy, very young, and he was watching his mother get on the train and travel away for a long time. In the dream, he did not understand what was happening, but he knew she would be gone a long time and that he couldn't go with her. He felt sad. He also felt somehow that he had the power to get her to come back home again, but he wasn't sure what that meant or what he should do. He would be a very good boy, though, because at least that was probably going to help. When Robbie was a a kid, there was a problem in his family involving the death of one of his siblings. His mother had a breakdown, and she left the home for an extended time. During this separation, she did get the medical and psychological help she needed and eventually became strong enough to return home, where she was able to lead a normal, happy life. Robbie and his family remember that period as a dark and terrible time in their history, but it was a very long time ago, and the ensuing years have been without drama or trouble. Robbie now has a close affection relationship with both of his partners, oh, sorry, with both of his parents. See the cause and effect. The dream of his mother leaving is something Robbie experiences a few times a year, usually when he is in one of his relationships with a woman who is unavailable. His mother left so long ago that he cannot consciously remember whether the separation was traumatic but the repeating dream references to the temporary loss of his mother suggest that he has an emotional imprint contributing to this to his pattern of choosing unavailable women. There is a connection between the pain of separation with a longing for closeness and what he unconsciously identifies as real love. It is as if his love radar is set so that the only women who light up the screen are desirable, yet somehow unavailable. For example, they work in a foreign country and travel back and forth. They are shallow and promiscuous and cannot commit. They are married to someone else. Because of the settings attached to his imprint, Robbie feels that an unavailable woman is right for him because the pain he feels when they cannot be together is the same pain he felt during his separation from his mother. He isn't a masochist. He doesn't enjoy these situations and doesn't set out to create this story over and over, but it still happens. A new point of reference Dreams are powerful, revelates us gifts, not only because they remind us of important points in our personal history, but also because they provide clues that can unravel the mysteries of our own hearts. In Robbie's case, the dream hints that as a child, his mother's separation caused him to identify longing as a sign of real life. Unless he has an edge of longing and pain, the love doesn't feel real to him. 
Robbie wanted to have his mom come back, and he hoped he might be able to get her to come home by being a good boy. He probably had a he probably was a good boy while his mom was gone, and she did come back home eventually to stay, and they all lived happily ever after. So the other half of Robbie's mythology is that being a good boy works. You can love someone who is gone, and if you are very, very good, she will come back to you, and it will all be okay. As Robbie began to explore this pattern with conscious awareness of where it likely originated, he began to have other dreams about his family and childhood. In these dreams, he could see how his parents rebuilt their marriage after the tragedy and how patient consistency and commitment helped them to slowly begin again. He also had dreams about his early years in college, about how hard he had worked to get through school and how much he had enjoyed excelling and accomplishing goals through his efforts It was as if his dreams began to remind him of the importance of qualities such as devotion, consistency, patience, and thoughtful efforts. He was building a new point of reference from which to evaluate the qualities of his, choice, of his choices. Looked at from a broader view, the chapter of Robbie's history in which his mother disappeared was brief in comparison with the 30 years of rich and rewarding family life since that time. Robbie began to create a new litmus test for love. Love is always fruitful. It grows and expands, deepens and enriches everything. If a love cannot be fruitful, then it is not real. He now says that although he can feel an attraction to someone he knows, it's not appropriate. He does not think of this as love because it cannot be fruitful. His search for love has led him to a different type of woman, and they are building a strong partnership together. Almost there. Robbie's former pattern is something I call almost there. It is characterized by loving someone who is unavailable, either emotionally or because of some obstacle or circumstance. When you are in it, this pattern feels as if You love someone who is just about right, except for this one thing that makes it impossible for you to ever really have a life together. Does it always seems that you are almost there in terms of happiness and fulfillment? Almost there is a difficult pattern to recognize spontaneously, because it seems as if you have just had a run of bad luck with your choices of partners. Robbie always thought he was looking for a nice woman to marry and have a family with, and that he just happened to have a misfortune to fall in love with women for whom that was impossible. When he changed his reference point, defining love as something that was inherently fruitful rather than painfully incomplete, he naturally gravitated to a different type of women. Patterns such as this are difficult to recognize, but... They are not that difficult to change once we have a sense of what was or what was happening or has been happening. Now we come to Katie's story. Let's just see here if we uh, yes. So perhaps we in a relationship cannot really 
recognize patterns that we are currently making that makes us make mistakes in life, that makes us choose partners that are really not there for us emotionally. Perhaps we have a similar story uh, to this person. Perhaps our story is completely different. But working with ourselves and recognizing that our dreams might point in a direction where we might be looking. And when we look in this direction, we might strike luck at seeing where the root of the problem is. And then when we can see that we have this problem, we can do something about it. We can change our reference point. We can change the way we find partners, where we really think very carefully about what we really want, not what we are close to getting every time, but not really uh, getting it. So it is very important that we recognize that perhaps we are searching for something that every time we search for it and we try to get it, we do not really get it because we are searching for it at the wrong time and even at the wrong place, of course. Kate's story. Kate is a hard-working, powerful young woman. She grew up in a family of seven children and knows a lot about struggling to succeed and even to be heard. She's a quiet, intense demeanor, which she has a quiet, intense demeanor, which is offset by her tendency to speak up suddenly and dominate the conversation when she has a strong opinion. She's a dancer who worked her way through nursing school by teaching ballet to children. Her figure as thin and hard as a knife blade and her striking good looks made her very alluring to all sorts of young men while she was growing up. She wanted to escape from her rough and tumble family and she often became involved with bad boys for brief ill-fated relationships. Kate's dream bringing up the kids. In her dreams, Kate would see herself as a child among her brothers and sisters, getting into arguments with her siblings, fighting over the last piece of the leftover, or which television show they would watch. Kate tended to be the one who settled the arguments, divided up the food, and sat everyone down to do their homework. Even after she grew up and left home, she continued to dream about her siblings and their scramblings but loving relationships. Recognizing the pattern. Katie grew tired of her dramatic efforts, sorry, dramatic affairs with young men who seemed sexy and strong but never seemed able to hold down a job or get their act together. Kate suspected that she liked to have rough edges in her personal life because she had grown up with them. She thought she was attracted to the bad boys because they pretended, sorry, presented a way to escape her crowded family life, at least while she was growing up. As she matured, she saw that they were actually like the younger siblings she had taken care of in her family, in need of direction and mothering. 
see the cause and effect. Because Kate is strong, she tends to naturally lend her strength to others. Because she organized, she is organized and driven, she wants to provide direction to those who are not sure what to do or who seems to be drifting. Although she consciously thought she was attracted to rebellious boys because they seemed sexy, she came to recognize that the most powerful pull of all was their need for her strength, caring, and efficiency. Sorry, effectiveness. No, efficiency. Efficiency. Yes, yes, efficiency. A new point of reference. Kate, highly disciplined in every way, found that she ultimately could not love a man who she could not also respect. She stopped dating for a while and concentrated on her career in nurturing and her continued interest in dance. Eventually, she began to date a physician who was entrailed by her startling beauty and inner strength. They have a strong relationship, and although they sometimes have arguments, they refer to these as discussions and are very happy with each other. She now has the relationship she has always wanted, someone who is strong, lively and passionate, yet solid and reliable as well. The Rescue Kate's old patterns was one that is often referred to as the rescue because it involves someone with a greater inner strength taking on someone who is sexually alluring but in need of rescue. Although she was drawn to the motorcycles and the bad boy image, once she started dating one of these young men, she wanted to fix him up and get him on a better path. Kate's family was loving and wholesome but crowded, loud and fitchy. Too, and she often acted as a surrogate parent to her younger siblings. Once she considered her urge to help others, she realized that these tendencies are powerful assets in her career. She created a new reference point for defining love. She needs to be able to respect as well as enjoy her partner. She was able to find passion and respect in her new relationship, and they are planning to be married. Nina's story. Nina has a tendency to perpetually be involved with two men at once. She never gets too involved with one or the other and manages her relationships deftly. For Nina, the trouble is that she often finds one man physically attractive but cannot share her hopes and dreams with him. He is the body guy for her. She also is involved with another man with whom she has a more soulful relationship and loves deeply, but does not enjoy sexually. He is the brain guy for her. Although she changes partners over the years, she tends always to have a similar type of arrangement with new partners. Close friends of Nina's can recognize the new versions of Mr. Body and Mr. Brain when they meet them. Nina's dreams abandoned at the station. In Nina's dreams, she is traveling with her lover in a World War II scenario. They are trying to escape an occupied country and are rushing to catch the train, which is their best chance to reach safety. As they get to the station and are about to board the train, her lover turns to her and seems to embrace her. When she returns the embrace, she feels a terrible pain and realizes that he has stabbed her in the back with a knife. He steps away from her and watches her fall to the ground. 
As the blood rises from her wound and she cannot move, she watches him board the train and the doors close behind him. She lies there knowing that she is going to die. Recognizing the pattern, Ina is an only child who has been excelling like a little trooper her whole life. She grew up in a fairly stable home where she intensely focused on school activities, sorry, school achievements and athletic events. Her parents are both attorneys and they expect her to follow in their professional footsteps. Nina is more interested in creative types of work, but she is planning to be a lawyer because the pressure to do so is enormous and because she also thinks it is a reasonable thing to do and will afford her a comfortable lifestyle. Sorry, will afford her a comfortable lifestyle. Her father is a very handsome man, if a little cold emotionally. Nina has never felt she could really talk with him because his focus is achievements and excellence. And he seems disinterested in viewing her as a person with an inner life. Her mom is someone she can talk to. She shares Nina's interest in the arts and literature, but feels strongly that it would be foolhardy to try to make a living in those fields. Nina is very fond of her folks, but their lifestyle has never been one that fosters emotional closeness. Her dreams shows a theme of abandonment, with deadly betrayal from the person she loves most, Although anyone can have a period in life when this is a strong theme, Nina has had this dream as long as he can remember. The dream also shows her trying to escape from an occupied country to try to reach freedom and safety. Nina's pattern with partners tends to be dizzy and incomplete, perhaps in part because she deals with a fear of being abandoned through uh, abandoned, though too much control. See the cause and effect. Nina's dual partner relationships keeps her from experiencing abandonment and allows her to stay in control. By loving two men at once, she stays emotionally distant and protected from abandonment. She enjoys conversation with Mr. Brain and she enjoys sexual encounters with Mr. Body. This allows her to focus on her career path and achievements which are her priority, and to maintain a pseudo-intimacy, but avoid the abandonment that she experienced in early life. Consciously, Nina feels that she could never find all the qualities she wanted in one man because they don't seem to be made that way. When she considers how her dreams of abandonment might be linked with her romantic arrangements, She sees that her relationship patterns is a way of keeping herself safe and in control. A new point of reference. Most people find that their romantic partner cannot meet all their needs, however well-matched and in love they might be. Different types of friendships, extended family, work colleagues and friends, with which shares interest, all can help us to have full and balanced lives, Nina found it striking to consider that her convoluted love life 
was associated with her need to maintain a safe distance from her partner. In addition, she could see how her early life experience had created a mythology in her mind that love is always incomplete. Her mom and dad were often extremely busy. They wanted her to succeed, but were not often interested in the part of her that did not seem to lead to achievement. They thought her dad was admirable, but she could never share anything with him. She took her conversation to someone else, her mom. She felt a bit fr fragmented because the performance half of her was loved, but the artistic half of her was abandoned. One parent was admirable, and the other was easy to talk to and felt most like a true confidant. As Nina considered this, she began to see that she had really abandoned herself. <clears throat> she could not control what her parents chose to do, and she could see how they made the choices they did. But she can make choices in her own life that do not continue to fragment her. As she considers how to spend her time and how to arrange her love life, she no longer thinks about simulation partners as the best way to feel fulfilled. Sorry, simultaneously partners as they may uh, the best way to feel fulfilled. Her new reference point is this. She considers whether she wants to chop herself up, splitting her time and her feelings into separate chunks. If she does not choose to get in a serious relationship while she has her hands full with her career, it is a perfectly reasonable choice. She can certainly see a number of people if that is what she chooses to do. But she feels clearer about conserving her emotional energy and does not believe it is necessary to split her spirit to protect herself from abandonment. Half a loaf Nina's pattern is something I call half a loaf, after the saying, half a loaf is better than no one, uh, none. In her case, she collected two loaves to get a whole one, or so she thought. There are times when some companionships is indeed better than none, but this pattern may become problematic when we choose a partner who cannot offer what we need even when our suitable choices are available. In those instances, the half a, a loaf choice prevents a strong relationship from coming into your life. One of the ways this pattern manifests is when women get involved with married men. They may do this to tie themselves over with companionship until something more suitable comes along. But of course, doing so can prevent them from getting into a better relationship while they are emotionally involved with half a loaf. The solution to this pattern is to be honest with yourself. Identify what is going on and whether it is what you truly want. At this point, Nina does not want a full-blown relationship, but she does not want to continue with multiple partners and scattered attention either. Knowing about her feelings of abandonment in the past will help her in the future, if and when she feels ready for a more permanent relationship. What are your patterns? 
If you seem to see the same type of person or have the same type of problems erupt in your relationship, then you may have a pattern waving through your love life. Take out a sheet of paper and make some notes in response to the questions we've tackled for each pattern in this chapter. If you have a friend you trust to speak with about this, it is a great exercise to do together. Recognize the pattern. What keeps happening either in your choice of partner or in relationships? See the cause and effect. How is the cause and effect set up? What are you trying to accomplish or protect? And what actually happens as a result? Get a new reference point. How can you redefine love? How you recognize it? Or what is necessary for you to feel safe, loved and satisfied? To change a pattern, decide to learn to alter your behavior and your definition of love. Often we expect too little when we could easily have so much more. In other cases, we have expectations of perfection that are unrealistic and causes us to doubt or disregard a wonderful opportunity. It takes practice to learn to feel differently when we are accustomed to an automatic response in relating, but we absolutely can do so, and it is worth the effort. Must-haves and deal-breakers, chapter number five. But this is for a different podcast. So, in conclusion, can we see our patterns? Can we see where we might make mistakes in choosing a partner in a relationship? Can we as human beings go so far to figure our self out, so to speak? Because when we start recognizing what is the problem in choosing a partner with us, we can start doing something about it. Then we can try to move in a different direction or think about what we really want in a vastly different way. Because perhaps in the past, we have had something that hinders us in finding true and deep love with another partner or with another person. Of course, this uh, picture here is has nothing to do with it. Of course, this is a porcupine that I that I took a picture of in my garden, because I usually have a different kind of picture every podcast that I make, uh, so that there's something different to uh, see when when you see my videos. So um, this is also. Uh, there's also a lot of different uh, pictures out there, but I also highly encourage you to uh, step out into Mother Nature, not always looking at the dead object, your best friend, your screen, but getting out there and basically thinking about um, these patterns that we can break, that we can step out of, that we can really figure out where we are constantly doing mistakes in finding a relationship partner.
because, as I have told you many times, I believe that we human beings, we tend to eat from a garbage can. We tend to have a garbage can filled with violent movies, violent video games, movies who betray people's bad behaviors or something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by. Also the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the fake media that constantly tells you what to fear and tells you the solutions to your fears. This is part of the garbage can that I believe if you say no to, if you stop occupying your eyes and ears with it, you are going to find that this cloud of yours is going to disappear. And I will guarantee you that you are going to become more, you're going to easily be more manageable in your life, meaning that you are going to reflect on your life more profoundly. You're going to, when you analyze and think about your past and your choosing of partners, you're going to find out where the problem lies. But you have to get rid of the clutter. You have to get rid of what you occupy your mind with so that your mind is clear enough for you to truly get in contact with who you truly are as a human. There's also, I am going to encourage you to take up meditation, of course, because meditation is also very important when we want to get in contact with our deepest inner core, which is loving kindness. So I highly encourage you to do the effort and work uh, so that you clear your mind so much so that you can see the forest for the trees. Perhaps you could not see it before, but I'll guarantee you that once you get rid of the clutter, you're going to have a much better chance of really discovering who you truly are as a human being, but also what you really want in a partner. So I'm going to cut this a bit short, this podcast today, It's not going to be the complete hour as it usually is because I can see the time is running out. So I simply hope that you are going to love each other and be kind to one another. And I hope that there was something in this podcast that you could take away from uh, from it that you could use in your own life. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It is the 12th of October 2021. The time is 21.28 and it is Tuesday. Bye.